Hey guys, this is Tori from Cruel and Unusual, the podcast. My co-host Katie and I drop brand new episodes every single Thursday about all things true crime, horror, and conspiracies. Each week we pick a theme like disappearances, unsolved cases, or killer couples, and we tell you all about the crimes that were committed. On every other Tuesday, we take your stories that you write into us and read them for our mini-episodes. Come hang out with us and let us know that the Slay Queens podcast sent you. In the pines, in the pines, where the sun never shines, you'll shiver when the cold wind blows. There's a grave in the pines where the sun never shines. Hello everyone, my name is Chris, host of the podcast Here's My Story. Here's My Story is about opening up and talking about life's tough stuff. Depression, anxiety, chronic illness, loss of a loved one, postpartum, cancer, as well as LGBTQIA acceptance. With each storyteller, we learn that we are not alone in this world, and that it's okay to talk about our problems. Like the story of Kathy Kleiner, Ted Bundy survivor, cancer survivor, and more. Stacy, who lost her husband to cancer and became a widow at the age of 37. Or Angie, a loving mother who shared her story of support and acceptance of her transgender child. Follow me at Here's My Story Pod on Twitter and Instagram. To submit a story, or if you have any questions, you can email me at heresmystorypod at gmail.com. And please, subscribe anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Slay Queens podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Zoic. And I'm also your host, Wayne Thompson. And this is a show where we take, take a, a deep dive, dive into, into the, the dark, dark side, side of the, the rainbow. rainbow. <laughs> hey how's it going hey how are you <laughs> i'm trying to do like different things every time it's not going too well but we'll i appreciate you mixing it up we'll try maybe the listeners the queens kings and uh, folks yeah uh, appreciate you mixing it up as well i hope so uh and speaking of appreciation do you know what i appreciate <gasps> oh I mean, a few things, but what are you specifically? I appreciate everyone joining us again for another episode of the Slay Queens podcast. The podcast where we do, in fact, take a (laughs) deep dive. Where, Ashley? Into the dark side of the rainbow. That is fucking right, we do. (laughs) Uh, So welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. Um, We particularly would like to welcome back some of the people who showed us some love and affection and praises this week. Yes. Yes. We definitely want to. Ashley, would (laughs) would you like to start or would you like me to start? Uh... Per usual. Per I'll start. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> I was baiting you. I was baiting you that. for a per yeah. yes. You can't do too much change. Everybody doesn't like change, so we can change a little bit of like the opening, but not this part. We have true. to keep the per usual, correct? True. Okay. So we have a couple new readings on uh, Apple Podcasts, which kept our five out of five uh, rating, which is amazing. We also got two new reviews. One of which is from 
at the screen name Abby Smalls. Thank you, Abby. Uh, full disclosure, because you have to peruse, and yeah. I have to full disclosure. We have gotten some love from Abby uh, also on our Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So thank you also for the rate and review, Abby. Definitely. Um, and then the other one was from at my my girl thirty three. Which I'm not sure exactly. We speculate. <laughs> we have a very strong suspicion we do. that that might actually be from one of our friends over at the Forensic Miles podcast. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. So please let us know if you hear this. Yeah, I'm sorry if it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't and you're hearing yeah. this, please let us know right. your true identity. And we will do a correction next episode, but yes. we're pretty sure this time. <laughs> pretty sure. So thank you, thank you for that. And continuing the shout-outs, we did get an amazing shout-out on Twitter. It was a recommendation from at OKNate. So thank you so much, Nate. We sincerely appreciate that. And something pretty exciting this week for the Queens. um, 97.1 Amp Radio, which is Cincinnati Public Radio here in the fine Queen City, did feature us on their website as a highly recommended local podcast here in the city. You know, that's amazing and like super exciting. And I got a little bit like chills everywhere when I yeah. found out, but also I want to say something. It's like, we actually are the queen city. Like you said, you're the queen city. Yeah. And I feel like people might think that you're just saying that because we are the Queens, but yeah. like, no, it's literally, we live in the queen city. We are in a queendom. Yes. So, <laughs> Anyways, yes, this is absolutely fucking amazing. Like, Yay! Amazing, <laughs> and we were humbled by it and excited by it, mm-hmm. and it's one of the biggest things that's happened to us thus far. Yes. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, ninety-seven point one, and thank you to all the fans in the Queendom. Yes, thank you, and especially the Queen City, of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, Ashley. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> I could listen to Matthew McConaughey talk for probably a week straight before I would get sick of it. I could listen to Matthew McConaughey talk for probably 30 seconds. <laughs> you don't. I think a lot of people. Yeah. People, it's probably like 80, 20, like your side. I don't think a lot of people agree with me. I don't know why. I, um, there's just, he sounds super stoned to me, which situationally is, is entertaining. <laughs> yeah. That's um, fair. But I don't know. There's just something about it. It's very lackadaisical. It's very like it almost. I don't even. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. But full disclosure, because I love to do those. Here we go. <laughs> uh, full disclosure, I can watch the movie How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days all day, every day, and probably okay. not get sick of it. Okay. So there's probably uh, a conundrum somewhere <laughs> in all of that that I'm not ready to explore just yet. That's okay. Um, but all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Uh, would you like to share with the folks who we are featuring this week? Yes, this week we are featuring a man by the name of Jason Marshall. Do you have something you want to call him or something what did you? I want to call him. Well, not him specifically. Uh, I think I would like to dub this episode yeah. the not so accidental death of <laughs> Peter Fasoli. I like that. Which will make perfect sense to everyone in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right, so per huge, uh, do we want to cite our sources? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you go first, because okay. I actually have to bring mine up. I will start. Um, first and foremost, I did watch a docuseries that was called What the Killer Did Next. Uh, the episode was titled Peter Fasoli. Uh, I tried to do a little bit more research as to how uh, folks could find that. Um, like I said, it's called What the Killer Did Next. I'm not sure if it's just a one-season series, um, but the only thing I could find was that this particular episode was episode five. Okay. So I think you could yeah. probably just search What the Killer Did Next, Peter Fasoli, or What the Killer Did Next, episode five. I also referenced some things from uh, publications from pinknews.co.uk, uh, also bbc.com slash news slash UK, and theguardian.com slash UK. So, spoiler alert, this story yeah, is set right. mostly in the UK. <laughs> and also, I read all three of those, so I don't even need to okay. read out my sources. Okay. Thanks for doing that for yeah. me. I'm sorry. That's really funny. Those are literally the three that I use. I am the <laughs> absolute worst. Well, no. You made it easy. I didn't have to talk. Um, however, which... <sighs> the There wasn't that much to actually watch out there. Yeah. Which happens quite often. There is one thing that I watched, but I'm not going to say what it is until later because I don't want to give anything away. Okay. It did take me quite a while to find this specific episode. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Uh, I really kind of went down a rabbit hole before I found it. And that's probably why there's not great information about, like, season and whatnot. You took a deep dive. I took a deep dive <laughs> into the dark side of the I think UK I rainbow. Do, I do feel, though... Thanks to you, we are able to say that we take a deep dive because you really do, like, go so far in, and I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you. I pride myself on on going deep. Yes! Mm. Mm -hmm. All right, let's do this. In, <laughs> in January of 2013, residents of a quiet suburban neighborhood on Reuben Street in Northolt, West London, were woken early uh, by the sounds of the local fire brigade and police responding to an emergency. Neighbors would soon realize that the home of a man by the name of Peter Fasoli was the scene of a raging residential fire. Once the flames were extinguished, emergency services were able to make entry into the house in hopes of rescuing anyone who may have been trapped inside. Alas, they would discover the homeowner, Peter Fasoli, had not survived the incident. Alas. Alas. Fire investigators would determine that the source of the flames was accidental, citing in their report that the point of origin was suspected to be, quote, an electrical fault within the light bulb. Uh -huh. Police would find that the residents showed no signs of forced entry nor any sign of robbery. Peter Fasoli's cause of death was determined to be, uh, of course, determined by autopsy to be, quote, smoke inhalation complicated by the patient's past medical history of heart disease. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that part. Yeah. Interesting. It is very interesting. Huh. Uh, with all of those findings, despite Peter's family being surprised by the circumstances of his death, the whole situation was ruled an accident and the case was closed. All right. Well. But probably not that simple. No. Since it's, you know, being featured on a track. Like, we're podcast. talking about it yeah, right we're now. we're talking yeah. about it right now, so. 
All right. In the grand tradition of all things the Slay Queens podcast, <laughs> we are now going to discuss who the fuck was Peter Fazoli, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Who was Peter? Uh, Peter Fazoli grew up as part of a large Italian family living in the area of Greater Manchester, England. Though Peter had great relationships with all three of his siblings, he and his sister Anne were reportedly exceptionally close all throughout their lives. Anne would describe her brother as, quote, always a character with a dry sense of humor, always helping mom in the kitchen as a child, lots of laughs, he got along with everyone, end quote. And then Anne's son, Christopher, described Uncle Peter similarly by saying he was always, quote, on the go, always joking, would give his last penny to help anybody, he was always there for anyone, end quote. No. Oh. No. Uh, at the age of 58, Peter Fazoli made the decision to move from Manchester, where he'd grown up, to the aforementioned quiet neighborhood in North Holt, which is on the outskirts of London. There, he would be described by the community as neighborly and friendly. A computer salesman and technician by trade, Peter gained a reputation for himself with friends and neighbors as someone who was always willing to lend a helping hand with electronic devices. More specifically, uh, Peter could, quote, fix any problem. He always knew what to do, end quote. Openly gay to his Can I call? I got a couple questions. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you can't call Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Plus, that would be long distance, oh, right? Yeah, that's, yeah that's an international call. There has to be someone maybe in America, right? Surely. Surely. Please uh, write in and let us know. Can you answer our questions? (laughs) (laughs) Because we are both very electronically challenged. Uh Uh-huh. That's why we struggle with sound quality so much. It's true. All right. Excuse me. Openly gay to his family and friends, Peter Fasoli had no children, he never married, and as most single gay men do, turned to the world of online dating to meet men. So, at this point... Her Mayush, uh-huh. again, um, put a pin in Peter Fasoli. Yes, I love that we're bringing it back. Yeah. Put <laughs> a pin in his life, in his, in his death, uh, and a couple of other things. Uh-huh. Uh, because they're going to come up again later in our story. Yes, they are. On February 2nd of 2013, so this is approximately three weeks after the death of Peter Fasoli, 1,000 miles away, police were called to the home of a man by the name of Vincenzo. And just a quick side note here, uh, I believe from watching the docuseries that Vincenzo was actually this man's first name, uh, but all the publications that I used as research seem to just refer to him as Vincenzo. Did you encounter anything different? Yeah, no, that's pretty much the same yeah. thing. I don't know anything else other than that yeah. name. Uh, so that's how I have written it in my notes, and that's how I'm going to re- be referring to this person uh, from this point forward. And plus, I mean, I like the single name. It's a bit timeless. Like Cher. Like Cher or Madonna or Gaga. Or Todd. <laughs> <laughs> or Gaga. Yeah. Okay, okay, moving on. Uh, authorities in Rome, Italy, so this is in Rome, Italy, uh, were requested by Vin by Vincenzo's concerned neighbors to perform a welfare check of the man. Reportedly, he had not been seen in approximately one week's time, and the lights in his home had remained on that entire week, hmm. uh, which was out of the ordinary. Yeah. And I don't know about I wonder you. who noticed that. I, I, yeah, I, was, I have a side note here. Um, <laughs> like, who notices? Yeah, well, it, see, at first I thought it was awfully nosy and awfully presumptuous yeah. of his neighbors, 
But then again, like the flip side of my brain considered what a complete psychopath I am about the utility bill. And I was thinking that if the lights in my house were on constantly for an entire week, Uh that I'm sure would seem out of the ordinary to my neighbors. And I don't even have close relationships with my neighbors. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that are like, it's like, if it's been a week, maybe someone who is like me that like has trouble sleeping might just like be up in the middle of the night. You might notice a couple nights in a row that, that your neighbor's lights are on. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's sense. the same lights. Yeah. Like nothing's, nothing's changed. changed. Yeah. And but I mean, still, this man was retired from what I understand. He was a retired like tourist guide uh, yeah. in the city of Rome. Um, so he had probably been in that location for a significant period of time. Yeah. And he probably like keep new people. Yeah. yeah long enough him. to know people and for them to kind of have an idea of what was normal for sure. like, his home and what wasn't. But yeah, at first I was like, who the F are these people? Yeah, like, why do you notice that? And that's exactly what I just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when police received no answer at the door, they forced entry into the home only to discover a horrific scene. Vincenzo was found in his home with a cord wrapped tightly around his neck and his body having sustained multiple stab wounds. Later, the cause of death was determined, of course, to be ligature strangulation, uh-huh. uh, and the stabbings were actually speculated to have been a form of torture prior to his death. Yeah, isn't that nuts? It it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I it's, mean that's that's kind of all I can say about it. All it's, you can see is torture on this body. It's basically. insane. This poor man. Uh-huh. Investigators determined that though there was no sign of forced entry. A robbery had, in fact, taken place in the home as Vincenzo's banking cards were all missing. Authorities would discover that Vincenzo's death had actually occurred approximately one week prior to the discovery of his remains. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure it smelled really great. Yeah. Um, But money had been withdrawn from his bank accounts since his death. Uh Uh-huh. So... Further investigation into the man's social media accounts, phone records, and email would reveal that the last known person to have contact with Vincenzo was a lad. You like that? I was like, is he going to be saying a name or referring to someone as a lad? Trying to be very UK about this. I like that. A lad by the name of Jason Marshall. Uh, Police found that Jason, a 26-year-old British-born man, had been visiting the city of Rome for approximately one to two weeks when he had agreed to meet Vincenzo at his home for for a casual sexual encounter. Additionally, review of CCTV footage showed that a man matching Jason Marshall's description was, in fact, the person who had withdrawn money from Vincenzo's bank account. Yeah. Investigators were able to locate Jason by tracking his cell phone and quickly placed him under constant surveillance. I'm never going to be able to uh, hear you say the word cell phone without thinking of, what was it, last episode when you were talking about what a, what a voicemail box was? And you're like, sorry. <laughs> it was like an outgoing message uh, for a landline cell phone. Uh, an answering machine. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, 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 that case, yeah, that case took place I'm in the like, 90s. Dying, and now you just said cell phone, and I'm like, great. I could never hear him say that word ever again. Well, and now conversely, <laughs> I will always hear you um, making that quote of, uh, what's a book? It's like the internet. <laughs> the internet, but it's tree. made out of trees. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, uh, Brian Griffin. Yes. Um, <laughs> Though we were talking about yeah, Jason Marshall. No, 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 no. I always knock you 
off balance. You're fine. You're fine. It's it's the banter. It's the banter that keeps people coming back. (laughs) Um, Though Jason Marshall was the primary suspect in the death of Vincenzo, police didn't actually have any hard evidence to support the murder charge, and they hoped to catch him in the act of another crime. So he's under constant surveillance, but they have not apprehended him yet because they didn't feel like they had a strong enough case. Which is not super uncommon. I mean, like, hell, even Gacy was under surveillance. Yeah, like, Gacy was under a... surveillance. Uh, Eileen Warnos sure. uh, was under surveillance. So many times do you yeah. hear this. And it's like, it's good that they are because a lot, well, I shouldn't say so many times, but it's like, I feel like more of the time, yeah. nobody's paying attention to anything. Well, they're trying to build a stronger case. And I think yeah. it's much easier to place somebody under arrest and actually, like, hold them there for anything more than just, like, questioning. Yeah. If you catch them committing a crime sure. when you, uh, you place actually under arrest. have physical like proof basically yeah. uh the following day so this is the day after uh he was uh, placed under surveillance jason was observed by police entering into the flat of a 55 year old local man uh an estimated four to five hours later authorities were alerted to cries for help coming from that same residence Again, forcing entry into the home, law enforcement discovered its owner alone, so Jason had left the scene, bound, and nearly tortured to death. See, and I always wonder this, too, like, when I hear certain stories, like, there was an I Survived episode again where this woman, she lived in an apartment building, and she was attacked by the security guard and stopped multiple times, and she was screaming for hours, and nobody called for help. That's and she and she said she found out later that she knew like people had come forward and said that they heard something. But you didn't want to get involved, mm-hmm. yeah. Like that's kind of the the mindset or the mentality. Oh, they, there's social like studies all the time mm-hmm. for things like that when it comes to like physical violence on the street or like rape and things like that because it's a point proof. People either do one of two, well, rape is a different thing, but like when it comes to like violence or something like kind of heinous happening, either people just like don't want to get involved or they figure somebody else is going to call mm-hmm. or they're now it's like they're pulling out their phones and they're recording it, which infuriates mm-hmm. me. Infuriates and me. I've seen it before. Whenever like these horrific, horrible, terrible, awful things are happening and we see them being reported on the news. My first comment is always, why the fuck in that situation did somebody think my first course of action should be, I'm going to pull out my phone and record this rather than I'm going to alert the authorities. I'm going to try to help. I'm going to try to get the fuck away. You know, something like that. Especially fights and stuff. There are certain instances like, uh, like the Ohio state fair a few years ago when that ride like broke and people like people's bodies went flying and you saw like, you know, bodies on the ground. Now that's something where I could maybe explain away oh you're probably recording your kid on that ride and yeah. you just so happen to be recording you were recording prior to this sure. horrific thing happening but then why do you have a video too of like bodies cover being covered up on the ground like stop recording at this point yeah. and, and put the fucking phone away and maybe either offer some help or get the fuck out of the way i agree and that's significant coming from people like you and i who eat up this, like, true Mm. crime shit. Absolutely. Those that make us rubberneckers. But we're also (laughs) human in the fact that we understand that... I'm a huge empath. Exactly. There is appropriate behavior and there's not appropriate behavior. And non-appropriate behavior is this horrific thing is unfolding in front of me and I'm just going to be a spectator. Yeah. That is terrible. Uh Um... Soapbox. Oh, we digress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love 
Despite his injuries, the victim was able to identify his attacker as Jason Marshall. The investigators were then able to track Jason's location. Of course, they're tracking his cell phone. Track his location to that of a bus, which was traveling out of the city. So he was trying to hit it, man. He was trying to get out of town. Yeah. Police managed. Police managed to stop that vehicle and place Jason Marshall under arrest. Thank God. Thank the Lord. When questioned by authorities in Rome regarding the murder of Vincenzo and the attempted murder of another local man, Jason Marshall claimed his innocence. The man revealed to police that he had diplomatic immunity for these crimes as he was an MI5 agent employed by the British Embassy. And for those of us who are not local to the UK and aren't familiar with what an MI5 uh, agent is, MI5 is the Security Service, a.k.a. MI5, Military Intelligence Section 5, uh, in the United Kingdom's Domestic Counterintelligence and Security Agency. Uh, and it's also part of its intelligence uh, machinery along with the Secret Intelligence Service, MI6. So, big deal. Big deal. So it's basically like CIA? That's supposed to be a kind of equivalent? I, I would guess that it would be the equivalent yeah, of the CIA. Yeah, okay, that's what it sounds yeah. like. I know I've heard it before, but I never, I, I never looked up what it was. Yeah. So as proof of the fact that he was this big, badass <laughs> MI5 right. agent... Uh, Jason produced an MI5 badge that had been issued to him from the embassy, along with a tactical belt, a police baton, and a firearm, all of which were determined to be... (laughs) (laughs) That is, like, insanely illegal, too. Fake. Like, they that's were all crazy. fake. Who yes. go? Who I can't. Yeah. Who goes to those? Me- I mean, how do you go to those measures? I uh, yeah, I gotta say that I'm at least impressed with the fact that he had this, this fake ID. Yeah. That they had to investigate. Sure. To find out. It was wasn't fake. like just handed over. Like, all right, yeah. McLovin, come with us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's a decently impressive, I suppose. Yeah. What did you watch? Catch Me If You Can one too many times? Which is a great movie. Oh, absolutely. We watched it not that long ago. Well, great because movie. we watched the freaking Luca Magnata thing, so of course we had to watch She had never seen it. Yeah. <clears throat> a background check would reveal that Jason Marshall had actually never been part of any law enforcement agency. Furthermore, a psychological evaluation of Jason would determine that the man suffered from delusions, shocker, uh, also psychosis, and a personality disorder. Which means part of me, like, wondered, like, did he actually think that he could convince people that that's what he did for a living if he just showed this information? Or did he really not think it through at all? You know what I mean? Or did he truly believe... That, yeah, or that, too. That was my His own delusion. Did he really think that, like... Because I because I say it, so it will be. Yeah. Basically, what's that? Well, and I don't know. Like I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be, because well, okay. A person's perception is their reality. So That's true. if that truly because of like a mental disorder yeah. or a psychosis yeah. was his reality, then I could see why when he. Exactly true. When he was, when he was, what you were, sorry, I cut you off. No, no, I don't know what you're going to say though. <laughs> yeah, when he was reporting this yeah. to them, like maybe he truly believed it because yeah. that was his reality. Although the other place that my mind keeps going is the fact that this was a fake gun. So what was he doing? I just imagined yeah. him like running around being like, pew, pew, pew. Yeah, like it's like, it's like when you're a little kid and like, like my 
just like I, let me play video games uh, quote unquote with him with like that the controller was not plugged in mm-hmm. and like have a tutorial going like I thought that I was playing like I think all older siblings do that to their That's younger hysterical. siblings oh yeah well it's see I was the youngest sibling oh. so I <laughs> yeah. didn't know that that was a thing but now I question yeah. so many things about my childhood <laughs> yeah. wow. I noticed it when I think I was in like fourth grade finally I was like wait a minute <laughs> you alright Donkey um, Kong is not doing what he's supposed to do <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pushing buttons I don't know yeah uh, with the positive identification from the second victim and police discovering both Vincenzo's banking cards as well as the keys to his home on Jason's person, he was officially charged with one count of murder and one count of attempted murder in Rome, uh, and that happened on March 31st of 2014. Throughout the trial, Jason Marshall continues to claim his innocence for a variety of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, of course, was the alleged diplomatic immunity uh, because he was said important MI5 agent. Uh, but also, he later claimed... Yes, he did. What was that, Ashley? Please enlighten us. He claimed... Oh my gosh, open. Okay. I am the incarnation of the Archangel Gabriel, the messenger of God. I am here for a prophecy. The jail is full of demons, but I am here and I am a guardian against evil. And I had to yell it because it was an exclamation point. Well, you sent it to me, so I had to. And he, no, no, and I wrote it that way because he reportedly did just like scream I'm out. I'm sure he was like preaching. Uh, in the courtroom, yeah. yeah. He was reported to scream out at uh, the judge and jury. He reportedly was very upset about the fact that he even had to be there, you know? Yeah. Just kind of one of like those situations. I felt like I should have like sat on the coffee table and like, <laughs> put my hands up. You should have had a xylophone. Yeah, a xylophone! Yes, a xylophone like coffee table evangelist. <laughs> yes, that's yes. what I was thinking of. I love that. Uh, many suspected that this and other outbursts like it uh, in court were attempts to be found not culpable for his crimes due to this psychosis that he had already been diagnosed with. Uh, ultimately, Jason, though, would be found guilty of the charges against him, but handed down a lesser sentence of only 16 years imprisonment for the psychological instability and issues that he had. Which, to me, doesn't make sense. I mean, I understand that, like, because someone has psychological issues, then, like, certainly, like, you can say, okay, well, you didn't actually mean to do what you did, kind of thing. You were in complete control. Absolutely, I agree with that 100%. But does that mean that that person just be like, okay, you served your time. Off to the streets you go. (laughs) Off with you, trying to be good. I mean, of course, this person's going to be on probation, whatever, whatever, but, like, do we really believe that this person in particular, I mean, maybe some could be rehabilitated, but this person in particular who is screaming this kind of shit in court, like, is going to be just okay in 16 years? I I mean, I guess it's, it's kind of like that whole reasonable doubt thing. If we are part of a fair justice system, I guess we have to assume that... Oh, fair schmear. Ashley, come on. We have to assume that we're at least going to give him the opportunity to be rehabilitated. And again, remember, he's actually clinically been diagnosed with these behavioral issues. Okay, I guess guess what what I should add to that is... I feel like there should be a plan, right? Like he should be institutionalized somehow, some way, not, not in a, a jail setting in a, uh, rehabilitation institution setting. Yeah. Like we can work with these 
we can medicate this. We can do whatever we need to do to like, for all intents and purposes, give you a quote, normal Mm -hmm. life where you're not going to be trying to murder people, you know? That's what I kind of mean is like, okay, what's going to happen after 16 years? What like, okay, thanks for doing your time. See you later. I don't disagree with you, but I disagree. Um, I don't disagree with you. I agree with you in kind of a different sort of way. I think that rather rather than just a like blanket 16 year sentence, then you get out and you can carry on with your life. I think it should have been like a 16 year sentence and then we're going to reevaluate you. Yeah, I agree that with that. That sort of 100%, thing. Yes. That's my uh, that's my issue. I with, agree with this sentence because you can see where did you go? I mean, you've been in jail for sixteen years. It can go one way or the other, right? Absolutely, you can get better, you can get worse, yeah. or we can find out that maybe you were completely full of shit. Yeah, for which sure. Which may or may not be a uh, steaming pile of foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> now. We're going to go back to the UK, but we're going to fast forward a bit to November of 2014. So this is about 22 months after the death of Peter Pasoli. Uh, his nephew, Kevin, was sorting through some of Peter's belongings, uh, those which had survived the fire. This included his uncle's hard drive, the hard drive to his computer. Kevin, knowing that before his death, Peter had been working on updating their family tree, accessed the files in search of those family tree records. Uh, I'm like on the edge of my seat because <laughs> you know what's gonna happen. Uh, All right, so in doing this, uh, he noted that there was a very large webcam file uh, that seemed to be taking up the majority of the storage space on that hard drive. Uh, upon opening that file, Kevin would note that the footage was surveillance-style video of his uncle Peter, and it was time-stamped for the day of his death. Curious to know if this could answer some of the lingering questions his family had regarding Peter's death, Kevin skipped forward in the timeline to discover something shocking. (laughs) Peter Rizzoli had actually not been alone in his home when the fire, which had seemingly claimed his life, was started. This is so fucked up for so many fucking reasons. It is really Like, can you imagine being this guy? It is really fucked up. Um, Kevin immediately contacted the police, and he turned over the footage to them. So a full review of the video was conducted, and the authorities would discover all of the following things. So strap in. (laughs) Strap on. Strap on. (laughs) If you need to, I personally know. (laughs) <laughs> oh, she said she spoke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, on the day uh, of his death, Peter had invited a young man to his home for a casual sexual encounter. The situation would begin as a role play with a young man playing a, quote, secret agent type character wearing a police style tactical belt while brandishing. And I put that word in for you. I knew it. I appreciate it. I knew it because I appreciated it when I read it. (laughs) While brandishing what appeared to be a police baton, handcuffs, uh, and a firearm. Is this starting to sound familiar? I don't know. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe to the listeners. Is this starting to sound familiar at all? What? Yes. Uh, The man would encourage Peter to strip naked and submit to being, quote, hog-tied. Ew. Which is just a disturbing term it's for such me. Awful um, way to like. I mean, ew. 
but it's literally what was written, I think, in the publication. I mean, it's a great uh, visual. Yeah, it's, it's a, a great, great visual, but it just disturbs me. It's not a visual me. I need to see, though. Yeah. Uh, Peter appears to go along with the role play for some time, uh, but then it becomes very clear that he had withdrawn his consent when the man begins trying to smother Peter with a pillow. <laughs> Over the course of an estimated seven hours. I, I, uh, uh. The young man is seen threatening and torturing Peter Vasoli with a knife before before stealing his banking card to leave and make several purchases. And once again, I pose the question, does this sound familiar at all? I mean, no, not at all. But, like, seven hours, too. Like, I, I didn't even think about this before when I was reading these articles and all this stuff. But, like, did that mean that you watched seven hours of this? Well, I know that the nephew specifically said that he realized this was the day of his uncle's death uh-huh. and skipped to the end. Sure. Um, and that he didn't watch all of it. He skipped to the end and saw that his uncle wasn't alone, that there was another person there. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he was like, whoa, this is something that's... The police need to see. That the police need yeah. to see. And he turned it over to them. But yeah, I think the police probably had to watch the full seven hours. Okay, well, that's fine. I mean, it's Somebody. not fine. Nobody, they should not have to go through that, sure. But like, you signed up yeah. for it. Sure, you're in homicide. It's your job. But like this guy, I was just, I was hoping <laughs> that someone wouldn't sit for like longer than maybe a few yeah. seconds before they're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, yeah. I can't do this. Like, because yeah. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, that's... Especially somebody that was your family. For sure. That absolutely. you obviously had a great relationship yeah. with because he It wasn't a guy that everybody loathed yeah. entirely. It was a guy that everybody loved. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so again, the unidentified man had left, uh, stolen the banking cards, gotten the pen, was torturing the man for all this information. He left, made several big purchases, and came back to the residence at approximately 11.54 p.m. on that same date. Uh, where of course picked up Peter, the victim was still bound and he was defenseless. So then this man, uh, would wrap cling film, AKA plastic wrap or Reynolds wrap or whatever around the man's head and face, allowing Peter Fasoli to die of suffocation. And that just sounds so horrifying, horrific. Yeah. To me, it's right up there with a, I can't remember the names, dates, or like further details of the case, but there was a case that I read about or listened to like some podcast cover. can't remember. It's been, you know, it's just in that sea of true information that uh, is part of my brain where a a real estate agent was kidnapped by someone that she had made an appointment with to show a house to. It was this. That's terrifying. I think about that shit all the time. I'm like, these people should not be going by themselves. They should not be alone with complete strangers. Uh I agree. Um, But he abducted her, took her uh, off-site to a place where he ultimately killed her. And the way that he did so is he wrapped duct tape around her mouth and nose so that she couldn't breathe and she just died of suffocation. This Uh, is along those same lines for me. That's just a horrible way to die. It's a horrible way to die because you know the entire time that you're struggling to breathe that you're going to die. Yeah. It's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. The last 15 minutes of the webcam video would show the young man removing the bindings and the cling wrap from his victim before clearing away any evidence that might tie him to the scene and then ultimately setting fire to the residence. Uh, The video ends with a smoke-filled screen and the sound of crackling flames. 
Wow. It's like a fucking movie. It's like, what is that? A horrifying movie. What is that? What is that horror movie with like the videotape that you watch? The Ring? <laughs> the Ring? Yeah. That's I, what I, I imagine. I'm like talking about like the Blair Witch Project. I'm like the videotape that was shaking the whole fucking time. Yeah. That's what I imagine yeah. it being like, you know? Uh-huh. And like you watch it, it and you're like, what the fuck like, was this? All of a sudden your phone's going to ring and someone's going to be like, seven days. Seven days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this is exactly what I'm picturing yeah, as I'm researching that's this. That's just terrifying. It. Ew. And this section. Here we go. I have titled Not So Accidental After All. Mm-hmm. all right. Not so. Not so much. As a dear friend of mine used to say incessantly. <laughs> uh, with this new evidence, law enforcement reopened Peter Fasoli's case and began conducting an active murder investigation. A review of Peter's online activity determined that he had arranged to meet the man depicted in the webcam footage on a dating site on the day of his death. So they just now decided that it would be a good idea to figure out what Peter Fasoli was doing on the day that he died. Just now. Just now, uh, almost two years later. Uh-huh. And they found that the young man that they saw in the webcam footage was somebody that he had arranged to meet. Um, oh. Yeah. Isn't that coincidental? Isn't that coincidental? Wouldn't you fucking know it? <laughs> if you had done your fucking job. Right, yeah. Hey, there's still yeah. research, you know? Like, you can't just be like, hey, there was a fire, so that's how he died. See ya. Like, what? Let's talk a little bit more about that stuff. Uh, the young man captured on video committing the crimes against Peter was also seen on CCTV withdrawing approximately 800 pounds uh, from Peter's bank account on the day that Peter died. Uh-huh. Um, isn't that crazy? Isn't that insane? And this is the part that pisses me off the absolute most. Oh, I'm ready. All right. Additionally, investigators discovered injuries inconsistent with accidental death noted in Peter Vasoli's autopsy report. Because so two fucking years ago, somebody said, "Hey, uh, this is like not really adding up." Yeah. But we're just gonna put it in a file cabinet somewhere. Exactly. Cremate the body. See you later. See you later. So yeah, I imagine stab wounds that he sustained over the course of seven hours of torture probably weren't consistent with no. quote accidental death by smoke inhalation. Right? Definitely not. Bullshit. Here's the thing, it's like, we have clear-cut cases of, like, certain things of, uh, I just didn't want to do the paperwork, right? Mm-hmm. We've that, talked about it a lot. Yes, we do. But that, come on. That is clear negligence. Absolutely. Like, negligence. you can't even say, like, I just didn't feel like dealing with it and thought, like, oh, he was a good guy, so it would be fine, like, where you, you have that yeah. negligent kind of thing. This is a totally different scenario. It's totally, you have a dead body that has been burned all over in a house fire that has multiple stab wounds. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that, what does that say to you, Wayne? Did it, does it say that, it, that he died in a house fire? <laughs> does it? I mean, I'm not a pathologist. I am <laughs> not the sort of person who would ever be in a situation to conduct an autopsy. But for you to say... He was in a house fire. We know this because yeah. the police and the fire department told me. Yeah. Um, and he has a history of heart disease. I can't really I find can't a cause so of death that's consistent with anything. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say smoke inhalation that then exacerbated this heart disease that he has. So he died from that. Really? I'm just going to ignore fucking stab wounds 
to the body. Which to me, it's like, <clears throat> if I were one of these like officers or whoever, like firefighters, whatever it is, yeah. I, surely like, I would think to myself, okay, if this happened to him, what happens if I just ignore what's going on and it happens to someone else? I'm going to get in trouble. Like, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. Like, all, like, empathy and whatever aside, it's like, okay, if you're only solely thinking about yourself and not wanting to do that fucking paperwork. And, I mean, people do it. They do it all the time. First responders do it all the time. You know, you don't want to fill out the fucking paperwork. You just don't talk about it. You're just like, you know what? It'll be fine. Whatever. Ask I'm going to document you this in what? the simplest way possible. Yeah. yeah. It happens. Ask me how I know. But, yeah, this is something that's, like, like I said, come on. It's negligence. It is. And. (laughs) It needs it again. I completely agree. It needs it again. I completely agree. I will explain away the fact I was just going to say, we can explain away a lot of this, like, maybe you didn't know, maybe you had an inkling, whatever. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. No, I always want your input. I will explain away the fact that the police didn't find forced entry because they obviously didn't. These men had arranged to meet. But that doesn't... I will explain away the fact that maybe they didn't notice that the only thing that was missing were his banking cards. Sure. Because maybe they melted. Sure. In the fire. I will maybe explain were, all of that away. Maybe they left them somewhere on accident. Yeah, maybe. Lost them. Exactly. I will explain all of that away. Uh-huh. I will not, and I will even explain away the findings of the fire department because they said later, I read somewhere, that they said they didn't know that an accelerant had been used uh-huh. because it had likely just all burned off by the time they went in to conduct their investigation. That makes sense. And maybe it had been washed away with like the water that they put on the fire to extinguish the flames. Sure. I'll explain all of that away. But for Is you... Is it sad for me to say that like I won't believe a firefighter over a cop? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not based on my experience I working mean, with both of those. And I love both. I do as well. Some people, but like, absolutely, like, I would take a firefighter's word for it over a cop for sure. I will explain (laughs) all of that away. I will not explain away this medical examiner or whoever conducted this autopsy saying, I noted stab wounds and I put them in my report. But I'm saying the cause of death is accidental because yeah. this man was in a... His body was found in a fire. How do you accidentally die after being stabbed? I don't... <laughs> I... He walked into my knife. He, he act- walked into my knife ten times. <laughs> <laughs> and all what? that <laughs> Come on. Oh, sorry, I just bumped Or he ran into my knife. Sorry, he correction. Ran into my knife. Yeah, I got, I got you, though. But, like, come you. on. That doesn't make any... A lick of sense. And, like, I, I again, I will repeat. If I am in law enforcement of any kind looking at this case, if I see someone who has obviously been stabbed multiple times and obviously probably not actually died just in the fire, in the, just in the fire wouldn't you think that's going to happen again? Yes. Like, if someone gets away with that, how would they not do that again? Come on. What are you, new here? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even go here. No, right. Yeah. All right. Stepping down again yeah. off of our new soapbox. We're both screaming. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if I'm getting a lot louder in your speakers right now. But like, okay. They, have, they have volume, volume control. It's fine. I we don't. Love I don't. <laughs> we love all you folks. Uh, we um, do. Please forgive us when we are very emphatic yes, about things. Yes, seriously. All right. So, 
Given all this new evidence, authorities quickly identified the man that they were now certain uh, had murdered Peter Frizzoli as, you've probably all guessed it, Mm. say it with me now, (laughs) Jason Marshall. Marshall. All right. Whom they soon would discover was serving a 16-year sentence for the murder and attempted murder of two individuals in Rome, Italy. Why do I think it was... You're right, but for some reason, I, this whole time, because maybe it's been a while since I researched it, I was thinking it was two murders and one attempted. But you're right. No, you're totally fine. It has been a little while. <laughs> yeah. we, we did push this one back a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 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 On February 15th, which is my mom's birthday, by the way. Oh, happy birthday, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> of 2017, an arrest warrant was issued, and Jason Marshall was extradited back to the UK from Italy for charges associated with the murder of Peter Fisoli. I just have to add your mom's birthday on this day. It's cheap chocolate day. That's true. That is it's one of the true. best days of the year, really. Yeah. Thank you for reminding <laughs> that of a uh, reminding us of that, Eliza Schlesinger. <laughs> I didn't even. Was it really something that she said? Yeah. 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 Really? Uh huh. Yeah. She talked about it in I think it was her comedy special. Uh, what was it called? Freezing Hot. Oh, like her like first one I one ever of her, saw. Yeah, the first it's been one. A long time. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, it's actually wow. probably my favorite one that she's ever done. That's so funny. Yeah. I don't even remember her saying that in there. You should watch it. It's available on Netflix. I mean, I, well, yeah, everybody should. I watched it though, like years ago. That's how I fell in love with her. Was that was the first one I saw? Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's so ingrained yeah. in my skull now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So Jason Marshall extradited back to the UK from Italy uh, to face charges of murder in the case of Peter Fasoli. Uh-huh. Over the course of the trial, Jason is said to have remained very calm, calculated, and measured. He did not behave as though he were delusional or exhibit any type of behavioral or psychological disorder. So that just leads me to believe that all of that stuff before, when he was on trial for the murders uh, in Italy, yeah. was probably just... I was going to say a facade, but I liked that better. Yeah. I think both. I think both. Are <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, sadly, he showed no sign of regret or remorse for his crimes against Peter. They definitely talked about that. Yeah. Pretty much everything I read and saw. Yeah. At the Central Criminal oh, Court. Sorry. Oh. A hi. side note: the one thing that I watched that I wasn't going to mention before. Okay. Yeah. I watched like. 15 minutes of the video. I can't believe I didn't think about this before when we were talking about it. The actual webcam video. Okay. I watched a few minutes of it. It definitely wasn't 15 minutes. It was... I don't even know how I found it because I saw there was like a short one. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is probably the one that I watched. Yeah. Like a couple minutes. And I was like, I wonder if that's actually them. So I had to like go down this freaking figure it out. But yeah, that was something like that's super creepy when you know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Even the, like, one minute, some whatever long on YouTube video, like, that's super creepy when you know what is about to happen. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. It's pretty intense. Sorry. It just, like, dawned on me, and I was like, I forgot. I promised I would <laughs> say another. circle back around to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the Central Criminal Court of England, uh, and Wales, actually, a.k.a. the Old Bailey, I think that's mostly how it was referred to in all these publications, at the Old Bailey, Jason Marshall was convicted of first-degree murder and also an arson charge. When handing down the sentence, 
of life in prison with a minimum time served of 39 years, the judge, whose name was Nicholas Hilliard, uh, said, quote, the dominant elements of your motivation for killing Mr. Bazzoli were robbery and sadism. I'm sure that you have felt no remorse whatsoever for what you've done. On the contrary, you derived pleasure from it. And that, quote. yeah, that quote, like, gave, like, said chills down my yeah. spine. and snaps for that, because yeah. I agree it's with, the truth. literally, like, that surmises perfectly how I feel about this whole entire case. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he's seen it before. Well, I'm sure. I'm absolutely ways, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I usually try to do a um, silver lining here or just like a takeaway, uh, try to end on a positive note and not some kind. Yeah. Yeah. Something. But the only thing I could kind of come up with uh, ending this case after doing this research was remind me never get murdered in the UK. <laughs> Quite honestly, you know, right? like as a gay man, because no disrespect to any of our listeners who are local to that region, because we do have some listeners in that area. Yeah. Thank you, by the way. Thank yes, you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but based on the cases that we've researched so far for this pod, I mean, we're talking like Colin yeah. Ireland and the Grinder Killer and whatnot. Um, police there don't have the best track record when it comes to thoroughly investigating uh, the deaths of homosexual men. Not at all. Not at all. Not even from what, not from what we've seen. I mean, like, yeah. it would be great to hear some, like, maybe silver lining cases, like, good cases kind of yeah. things. But we've yet to really see that, so. And I understand that this area is one of the largest cities in the world. True. Probably one of the most heavily populated. Like, oh, I'm sure there are, like, multiple deaths every minute. Yeah, so these law enforcement agencies are, are definitely, uh, I'm sure, overworked and underpaid because that's, the general theme of anybody who works in public service. I know Absolutely. That. I know that firsthand. Absolutely. Like, I cannot stress that enough. People that are not paid enough are police officers, first responders in general, yeah. and teachers. I okay. completely agree with that <laughs> 1,000%. But there just seems to be a trend with a lack of give-a-damn uh-huh. investigating the deaths of homosexual men. Yeah. And that disturbs me. And yeah. that is one of the reasons why we do this podcast, because I want people to understand that these differences exist. It's that underlying, you know, fragile masculinity that I like to bring up so much, but it's true. It really is. It really is. And it's sad and unfortunate and hopefully... 10 years from now, this is something that we're not going to be discussing until two years from now. To me, the whole, like, the whole idea of that is sad for so many, like, for everyone involved. Because it's like, if you're threatened by, like, some guy being gay just for being gay because you're afraid he might hit on you or you might like it or whatever the case may be. Also, too, like, sorry, cis straight white men or men white or doesn't matter your race, just men in general, you're not allowed to be emotional. (laughs) You can't be. Just be a man. So I get, like, definitely not even comparable to what, you know, people have been through, like, on our side of it. But it's like, it sucks. It really does suck. It's like, how do we, how do we fix society as a whole, really? 
is what it boils down to. No, you're absolutely right. And we're not going to be able to fix society as a whole. We can only fix... Do what we're doing. We can only do what we're doing. And aside from what we're doing here at this podcast in our day-to-day lives, there are ways that we can maybe influence people in the way that they think and the way that they behave. And everything that you just said, everything that we're talking about right now brings me back to a moment that I had many years ago in a firehouse where I overheard this gentleman uh, being very rude Uh about my being in the firehouse with him Uh and expressing a lot of concerns Uh about that Beating his chest kind of thing. That's what I mean. Beating his chest and expressing a lot of concerns about that um, gay slur was how he was referring to me, um, sleeping in the bed hall with him. Because I don't know if a lot of people understand, but at least traditional fire department like situations is there's a large room where all of the people on duty sleep in separate beds, but you're in that room together. I can't believe that. And it's funny, like before you even said... What you said, I'm like, that's the word that, is he going to say it? Is he not going to say it? Thank God. I can't handle hearing it, even. Well, he was very loudly speaking about it, and I just happened to be in another room, and I heard him talking about how he wasn't comfortable with me being uh, in the bed hall with him overnight, and just had a lot of really, uh, let's just say, creative things to say. I'm sure. And I feel like... I opened his eyes just a little bit and maybe changed a little bit of his perception Uh of of gay men by walking into the room and saying, hey, FYI, I'm in the next room. I heard this whole conversation and I just want to pose a question to you. Uh Are you attracted to every single woman? Yes. Thank you. I say this shit all the time. And no disrespect to anybody because I love all people, all shapes, sizes, races, whatever your walk of life. But he was an overweight, older gentleman, significantly older than I was at the time. Yeah. And I said, are you attracted to every woman that you see? Even the old, ugly, fat ones? Uh-huh. Are you attracted? Well, because you're to- talking to him. Exactly. The because exactly. And um, he had just been insulting me. So I wanted to insult him just a little bit. Sure. Not that I should have done that, but I was angry at the time. I think anybody in your position would have been as, done as You didn't do anything distasteful. Yeah. And he just kind of stared at me and said no. And I was like, neither am I. Queen! <laughs> yes! Just because you happen to be a man doesn't mean that I'm interested you in any interested in you in any sort of sexual or physical way. You've got nothing to worry about in the bed hall at night. Yeah. And I turned around and walked out. Yeah. So step off, Casey. So step off. And <laughs> like that's yeah. Exactly. So this is the sort of thing that's that sometimes cute. we encounter. So I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and this these are the things that we can do in our day-to-day lives just to educate people and maybe change their perception. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, it was not anything distasteful. I don't think that it's something that you should not have done. Mm, I was going to say maybe in a corporate situation would be different, but even then, no, absolutely not. I worked for a corporate salon where I told the story before where the guy was making all those comments about all the faggots and dykes out there. And my boss came up to me later and was like, if that ever happens again, you need to tell, you need to ask that person to leave. And I was like, like, thank God. 
sigh of relief. Like, that's nice because I was just sitting there thinking, like, oh, my God, I just have to keep cutting his hair and I have to keep dealing with this. And I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Other than, like, laugh and be like, oh, haha, like, thanks for telling me I'm pretty, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, so. <sighs> wow, good for you. Yeah. I've had a few. Um, well, I'm sure you've had to do that yeah. your whole life. I mean, I get it. At least most obviously. of my career. Yeah, we, we all have those things that we encounter. And... All we can do is uh, handle it as appropriately as we can in that moment and uh, hope that we're proud of those actions later in life. And though I shouldn't have gone low when he went low per se. Fair. I, do, though. I am proud of that moment overall. You stood up for yourself. I did. And I did. we can't always be the Obamas, okay? We can't. Not Although always. we would love to be goals. I mean, yes. Hashtag goals. <laughs> Hashtag goals. <laughs> I think that's it. That's the time. Is that the time? Yes. Is it time so. to do that thing? The mic drop. The mic drop. Yes. Yes, it's time <laughs> to drop the mic that and thing. say goodbye. Now it's time. <laughs> <laughs> we can't exactly afford the song, no, so right. <laughs> we'll just allude to it. Mm. Yes. And it's, move on. It's time to say goodbye. It's time to, to say goodbye. All the Queens people who have joined us. And the king. <laughs> and the hope. Exactly. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of the Slay Queens podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it. <laughs> and if you did enjoy it, what can they do about that, Ashley? You can rate and review us on our podcast. You can visit all of our social media accounts. And you can email us. It's all Slay Queens Pod, but our email happens to be at gmail.com. That's true. You can find us uh, on the social medias, like Ashley said, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon. And Patreon, yes. Yes, and Patreon. And Patreon. <laughs> We're yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, our Patreon right now, we just have one tier, and that tier is for you queens, kings, and folks who can't wait until Tuesday and Thursday to get new episodes. Uh -huh. uh, you will, for $2 a month, you on our Patreon will get uh, all episodes that we put out in a week on Sunday. So Sunday Funday Queens. Uh, we are also going to add an additional tier at some point. We're going to try to put out some bonus episodes. We're hoping. We have for, content for it. We yeah. just need to edit and splice and decide. Yeah, and just make time. Yeah, that because too. Because <laughs> I don't know. If, well, that's what I'm saying. We need to edit them, yeah. which means we need the time to edit them, yeah. basically. I don't know if any <laughs> of you folks know the time and effort that it actually takes to produce a podcast. Right. But it's... More than I anticipated in the beginning. Yeah, well, Wayne does pretty much everything, so. So, um, <laughs> it, it does take a bit, but we are going to try to at least get one bonus episode out a month. Yeah. Um, so, keep your eyes open at Patreon for just a new tier that will include some bonus content. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you all so, so, so much. Thank you. Folks. Yes. <laughs> and I was I trying think, to be clever, but I'm like, yeah, I ran out of steam. And uh, all I have left is go out and slay queens. Just not Just each not other. each other. <laughs> I'm going away, but I won't come back on a long 